1 Kings chapter 2 verse 1. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, 2. I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. David is getting ready to die, and he's telling Solomon that he wants Solomon to do a good job and be a really good king. 3. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his ordinances and his testimonies, according to that which is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. 4. That the Lord may establish his word, which he spoke concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. David is rehearsing what God has already told David, that if the kings that follow him obey the Lord, then their kingdoms will never disappear. But if they sin against the Lord, then the Lord will wipe them out. And he's telling Solomon to obey the Lord. 5. Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab the son of Zeruiah did unto me, even what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, unto Abner the son of Ner, and unto Amasa the son of Jether, whom he slew and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins, and in his shoes that were on his feet. Joab hasn't always been honest. He did kill Abner against David's will and Amasa when he shouldn't have, and he also betrayed David when he tried to make Adonijah king. 6. Do therefore according to thy wisdom, and let not his whore head go down to the grave in peace. Whore head means gray head. So at this point, Joab is also kind of old, and he has gray hair. But David is telling King Solomon to kill Joab, because Joab is still a mighty man, and he can still do Solomon a lot of damage after David is dead. And David is saying, now that you're king, you need to kill Joab. That's what David would do if he were king, but he had to abdicate so that Solomon would become king. 7. But show kindness unto the sons of Barzillai the Gileadite, and let them be of those that eat at thy table, for so they drew nigh unto me when I fled from Absalom thy brother. Barzillai was the one who brought a bunch of food to David and his people when he was running from Absalom. David says you need to show him a lot of kindness, and let him eat at your table. 8. And behold, there is with thee Shimei the son of Gera the Benjamite of Behurim, who cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went to Mehanaim. But he came down to meet me at the Jordan, and I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with a sword. 9. Now therefore hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and thou wilt know what thou oughtest to do unto him, and thou shalt bring his forehead down to the grave with blood. Shemai was the one who cursed David when he was running from Absalom, and then he was the first in line to ask David for forgiveness, and David gave him forgiveness, but that was only to last during his own rule. He's now telling Solomon, once I'm dead, then you need to kill Shemai as well, because he also could betray Solomon, and he deserved death while David was alive, but David allowed him to live that long. So David is instructing Solomon to kill both Shammai and Joab. And this is probably wise because both Shammai and Joab are dishonest. 10. And David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. We know approximately where the city of David is today, and David is buried there. So he's somewhere under the earth because the city of David, a lot of it is underground today. 
11. And the days that David reigned over Israel were 40 years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron over the Judeites, and 30 and 3 years reigned he in Jerusalem over all of Israel. 12. And Solomon sat upon the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was established firmly. 13. Then Adonijah the son of Haggith came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, and she said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. Adonijah, who tried to take Solomon's crown, is now coming to Solomon's mother to ask a favor. 14. He said, Moreover, I have somewhat to say unto thee, and she said, Say on. 15. And he said, Thou knowest that the kingdom was mine, and that all Israel set their faces on me. This is a stretch, because not even all Israel knew that he had called himself king. They weren't all behind him. The kingdom was very divided, because Nathan and Beniah were not behind Adonijah at all, neither was Zadok, that I should reign, howbeit the kingdom is turned about, and is become my brother's, for it was his from the Lord. So at least Adonijah admits that God wanted Solomon to be king. 16. And now I ask one petition of thee, deny me not. And she said unto him, Say on. She hasn't promised him anything yet. She only said, Tell me what you want. 17. And he said, Speak, I pray thee, unto Solomon the king, for he will not say thee nay, that he give me Abishag the Shunammite to wife. This is a very evil request, because again, if you sleep with somebody who slept with a king, you're saying that you're greater than that king, and that you've taken the king's crown, or you deserve it. Everybody knows that David didn't really sleep with Abishag, and that's why Adonijah thinks that it's okay to ask to marry her. But it's still a very prideful move, and it's still saying to the world that he's greater than his father if he marries Abishag after she had been a companion to his father. This is asking way too much, and Bathsheba should not go along with it. 18. And Bathsheba said, Well, I will speak for thee unto the king. Now Bathsheba unwisely agrees to ask for this. She doesn't think it'll do any harm since Abishag never actually slept with King David, and never actually became his concubine. She thinks it's a harmless request, but she's wrong. It is not a harmless request. 19. Bathsheba therefore went unto King Solomon to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her, and bowed down under her, and sat down on his throne, and caused a throne to be set for the king's mother, and she sat on his right hand. He's really honoring Bathsheba as his mother, and giving her the queen mother's throne. 20. Then she said, I ask one small petition of thee, deny me not. And the king said unto her, Ask on my mother, for I will not deny thee. So he's already promised, even though he doesn't know what it is that she's asking. 21. And she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah thy brother to wife. 22. And King Solomon answered and said unto his mother, And why dost thou ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is mine elder brother, even for him and for Abiathar the priest and for Joab the son of Zeruiah. Solomon is angry with his mom. He's like, If you want him to have Abishag as a wife, you might as well just ask that he become king, because that's the meaning behind it. If he sleeps with Abishag, it will tell the whole world that he should have been the real king. Bathsheba was very foolish not to recognize this, but Solomon does recognize it. 23. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, God do so to me, and more also, if Adonijah have not spoken this word against his own life. Now, he made a promise to give Adonijah Abishag, but this is how he's getting out of that promise, because he has to first keep the promise 
to his own throne. Because remember, he had told Adonijah in the last chapter, you're on a clean slate as long as you don't do anything against me from now on. Now Adonijah has made a move against Solomon. By asking to marry Abishag, that shows that he's a traitor to Solomon. He does deserve to die. Solomon can keep his promise to Adonijah first by killing him, and then he won't have to keep his promise to Bathsheba by giving Abishag to Adonijah. 24. Now therefore, as the Lord liveth, who hath established me, and set me on the throne of David my father, and who hath made me a house, as he promised, surely Adonijah shall be put to death this day. 25. And King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he fell upon him so that he died. Solomon commanded his top fighter, Benaiah, to kill Adonijah, and Benaiah did kill him. 26. And unto Abiathar the priest said the king, Get thee to Anathoth, unto thine own fields, for thou art deserving of death. But I will not at this time put thee to death, because thou didst bear the ark of the Lord. God before David my father, and because thou wast afflicted in all wherein my father was afflicted. Solomon is telling Abiathar, you also are a traitor and you deserve to die, but I'm going to let you live because you served the Lord and you served my father when he was alive, so I'm banishing you back to your own home. You have to leave the palace. 27. So Solomon thrust out Abiathar from being priest unto the Lord, that the word of the Lord might be fulfilled, which he spoke concerning the house of Eli and Shiloh. Long ago, when Eli was told by the Lord that his house would be cut off from the priesthood, and his two sons died, they ceased being priests. God killed them because of their great evil, because they were committing whoredom in the house of God, and they were stealing from the tithes that were to go to the Lord. God killed them, cut off Eli's family. He was the high priest. But then several generations later, Abiathar, who is a direct descendant of Eli, became priest to King David. However, now Abiathar has been banished from the priesthood. And this is a fulfillment, again, of the prophecy that the Lord gave against Eli because he wouldn't discipline his sons, and he let them sin while they were working in the temple now his family line is cut off again from the priesthood. 28. And the tidings came to Joab, for Joab had turned after Adonijah, though he turned not after Absalom. And Joab fled unto the tent of the Lord and caught hold of the horns of the altar. Joab knows that King David wants him dead, and he heard the rumor, and so he ran to the altar and grabbed the horns. 29. And it was told King Solomon, Joab is fled unto the tent of the Lord, and behold, he is by the altar. Then Solomon sent Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, saying, Go, fall upon him. Solomon is saying, I don't care if he's holding on the horns. You need to kill him anyway. 30. And Benaiah came to the tent of the Lord, that's the tabernacle, and said unto him, Thus saith the king, Come forth. And he said, Nay, but I will die here. Joab is telling Benaiah, I will not leave the altar. If you kill me, you're going to have to defile the altar, and then God will be mad at you. And Benaiah brought back word unto the king, saying, Thus said Joab, and thus he answered me. 31. And the king said unto him, Do as he hath said, and fall upon him, and bury him, that thou mayest take away the blood which Joab shed without cause from me and from my father's house. 
Solomon believes that the Lord will forgive him for killing a man at the altar because it's to make recompense for that man murdering two other men. 32. And the Lord will return his blood upon his own head, because he fell upon two men more righteous and better than he, and slew them with a sword. And my father David knew it not, Abner the son of Ner, captain of the host of Israel, and Amasa the son of Jether, captain of the host of Judah. 33. So shall their blood return upon the head of Joab, and upon the head of his seed forever. But unto David, and unto his seed, and unto his house, and unto his throne, shall there be peace forever from the Lord. Solomon is saying that because Joab killed two men when he shouldn't have, he deserves that their blood be on his own head as well as his own blood. And so he says, when you bury Joab, the Lord will forgive you for killing Joab at the altar. 34. Then Benaiah the son of Jehoiada went up and fell upon him and slew him, and he was buried in his own house in the wilderness. They did bury him, but they buried him in his own house. They might have put rocks on top of where they put him inside the house, so that no one could live in there. 35. And the king put Benaiah the son of Jehoiada in his room over the host, and Zadok the priest did the king put in the room of Abiathar. Joab used to be over the entire army of Israel, but now Benaiah is over the entire army of Israel and gets the same office that Joab used to have. And Zadok now gets the room and the office that Abiathar used to have as the priest. 36. And the king sent and called for Shimei and said unto him, Build thee a house in Jerusalem and dwell there, and go not forth thence any whither. Now Shimei was one that David wanted killed, and Solomon is not killing him. He's telling him to make a house for himself in Jerusalem but he's on house arrest. He's going to live in it forever and not be able to leave it. 37. For on the day that thou goest out and passest over the brook Kidron, know thou for certain that thou shalt surely die. Thy blood shall be upon thine own head. Solomon is saying, you can live as long as you remain under house arrest. But if you cross the brook Kidron, then I'll know that you're a traitor because he would only cross the brook to go build up an army against Solomon. So he says, if you cross the brook, then you will be killed instantly as a traitor. 38. And Shimei said unto the king, The saying is good, as my lord the king hath said, so will thy servant do. And Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem many days. It doesn't say he dwelt there forever. It just says many days. 39. And it came to pass at the end of three years that two of the servants of Shimei ran away unto Achish, son of Makkah, king of Gath. And they told Shimei, saying, Behold, thy servants are in Gath. Gath is where the pagans live, and these servants ran away to the pagans' countryside. 40. And Shimei arose and saddled his ass and went to Gath to Achish to seek his servants. And Shimei went and brought his servants from Gath. He went and retrieved them, but see, he had to cross the river to do that. So he violated what Solomon had told him. 41. And it was told Solomon that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and was come back. 42. And the king sent and called for Shimei, and said unto him, Did I not make thee to swear by the Lord, and forewarned thee, saying, Know for certain, that on the day that thou goest out, and walkest abroad any whither, thou shalt surely die? And thou saidst unto me, The saying is good, I have heard it. Solomon is reminding him that you and I agreed that if you leave your house, you will die. 43. Why then hast thou not kept the oath of the Lord and the commandment that I have charged thee with? 44. The king said moreover to Shimei, Thou knowest all the wickedness which thy heart is privy to, that thou didst to David my father. Therefore the Lord shall return thy wickedness upon thine own head. 
45. But King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. 46. So the king commanded Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he went out and fell upon him, so that he died. And the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. Shammai died because he made the mistake of going to get his servants. He wasn't being a traitor to the king, but it's still good that he died anyway, because later on he could become a traitor, and also he deserved to die when David was still alive. The fact that he's lived this long was very merciful. He can't be trusted because he broke his promise to Solomon. Even though he didn't do anything against Solomon's throne in this instant, he still can't be trusted to keep his word. Now both Joab and Shimei have been killed, who were traitors to David. And Abiathar, the wicked priest, has been banished out of Jerusalem and out of the priesthood. So he can't really do Solomon any harm. So at this point, Solomon's kingdom is pretty safe. And that is where we end it in 1 Kings chapter 2.